Welcome to the One Broken Cog Podcast. Join John and Brian as they share small adjustments that lead to major impacts. All right, One Broken Cog Podcast. Back again for another one. Brian Olson, John Lester. John, how are you today, my good friend? Excellent, Brian. Excellent. Thank you for asking. What is it that we're going to delve into today? Because there is certainly, certainly more than enough stuff out there for us to talk about. God, every time we turn around, we're running into something else. It's unbelievable. Well, I'll tell you, you know, have you ever heard of the term, John, you can't serve two masters? Um, I I heard the the other term I heard was uh, you can't burn a candle at both ends until I was watching a Marx Brothers movie one day and the one who never spoke starts laughing and he reaches behind his coat and he pulls out a candle that's that is horizontal and it's burning at both ends and Groucho just got all kind of upset with him but we're not going to go there. God I miss those those comedies it's a great (laughs) you know the reason I bring it up John is that you know you and I have been discussing this is a very polarizing topic it's on the player coach. You know, you, you, it's, it's been brought up more times than, than I can recall. And you see it as a trend these days. It's where somebody is tasked with closing accounts, but also managing a team. Have you heard about this lately, John? Oh, yeah. I mean, this, is, this idea has been around for a long time. And the thing that gets me upset the most about this is that people get all wrapped around um, debating whether the term or the position is is something that they should do or not and what they tend to lose track of and com- sight of completely is stop talking about the term get rid of the title and just figure out what you're trying to do well and that, that's an interesting uh statement it happens a lot when people tell me that they're interviewing for a sales manager position and then the question that the hiring person asks them is you were a manager in the past were you a full-blown manager or a player coach and Essentially, what they're asking is, you know, how many salespeople did you manage and were you tasked with with closing business? And what was the breakdown of your responsibility in terms of quota? Did you have a team quota and an individual quota? So it's it's very interesting that people are really adopting this model. And some people call it a team lead. Some people call it an assistant manager. Some people even call it a sales manager. They really don't call it a player coach, but I guess that's the term for the model that they're looking for. Right. But I think what, what you're really driving at, and I, I think, part of the confusion on this is what really is the organization attempting to accomplish? Are they trying to, uh, are they trying to have somebody do two jobs at once? Are they trying to make sure that they have some, some overlap on, on the revenue side or are they just too damn cheap to hire a real manager? Maybe they don't know what a manager really has to do. Yeah, I think you're, I think it's both. I think it depends. I think that when they're hiring straight out, it could be because we've seen people say, wow, I hired a sales manager and they made it to ivory tower and they lost touch with, you know, X, Y, and Z. So we're going to change our business model completely. So it depends on if they're hiring from outside, but I think if they're promoting from within, that could be the case. It could be that this person is too valuable of a close, closer from a revenue perspective. We, we can't risk losing that revenue because we can't fill the hole because they're so good. So, you know, we want to compromise. We want to promote that person, quote unquote, to have more responsibility and lead the team, but also still to be able to bring in business. Well, but let's let's talk about some things because I, mean, I, I don't think the conversation should be around whether it's a good position or not. But let's talk about some of the things that you really need to be considering before you even think about going down this road of, of having, um, you know, somebody doing two jobs at once. And, and, and one of the things you really got to be thinking about is – First of all, are those two jobs the same? And, and I would argue that those two jobs are actually extremely different um, 
not so much from a functional perspective, but from a mental and psychological perspective. All right, because one is is going after deals yourself and managing yourself, and the other is trying to understand what other people are doing and managing them. And and in the first case, you're responsible for your time, so it's 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 you versus the prospect. In the second one, it's you, the prospect, and now you've also got to worry about the people that are working underneath you. So. Can somebody really split their time in that fashion? Uh, is it fair to them to ask them to split their time in that fashion? Um, and, and do they really understand how to do that? Do they understand how to turn off being a salesperson and turn on being a coach and how to turn off being a coach and being a salesperson? I don't know. Yeah, I think the biggest complaint that I've heard was they focus too much on playing and it's not as much on coaching. But I think also it depends on the level of the salespeople we're dealing with here. If, if they're more autonomous, if they're more successful or tenured, and they don't need – that hands on all of the time. You know, you can have those weekly meetings, you can have those quarterly check-ins or, or whatnot. And if they don't need as much hand-holding, it, it, it could possibly work. But I think it really depends on the individual and the organization. You know, it, 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 also, it also goes down to that question about what, what do you really want in that position? Do you want a manager or do you want a leader? And, and the big difference is a, a manager is more um, involved in your stuff and is telling you what to do, whereas a leader is trying to help you figure it out on your own and help you become better. So in a lot of cases, what I've heard is that the manager side, um, because again, we're talking mindset, we're not talking about role or function, the manager side basically says, oh, you need help, do it my way, okay? Which may or may not be of assistance to the sales rep that you're supposed to be coaching, okay? Whereas the leader will say, okay, let's figure out based on your personality, based on your style, based on where you are in, in your education level or in your experience level, how best to help you understand what's going to work for you. Because one thing we have talked about and one thing that is extraordinarily well documented is that sales is a game of individuals because everybody brings their personality to the sales game. So I, I think there, there's a there's a, a potential for a big problem there, and I'm not so sure most organizations would even know how to test for those kinds of personality differences. No, you're right. I've never seen it implemented properly, so I mean, I'm hopeful that there's somebody can do it the right way, and I have a, a clear indication of how that could possibly work. But yeah, I mean, I, in my own, you know, back in the old days when I just started in internet media and internet marketing, I worked for a player coach, and I remember just getting on the phone and getting my feet wet and doing very well, but I had questions and this person would always look annoyed every time I asked a question. And I remember when, at one point I had a, a real urgent question and, and the response that I received was, hey, what can you please or save your questions for the end of the day? I have a number to hit here, which is very off-putting, but it's just, it's telling into the fact that these people obviously need to segment their day and have a real structure behind what they're doing. And it could have been, of course, it could have been a misalignment with the way the, the C-suite set up that position in and of itself as far as the time spent managing versus the time spent actually on the job closing because they did have a very robust training program. It was very informative, which is rare these days. But I think too, John, it goes down to personality like you mentioned because in a sales organization, everybody brings something to the table and you can learn from everybody. It's kind of pulling all of that gold out of each person and learning and coming up with a really great hybrid strategy to land accounts because I think that's the best part of a sales team. That's why when we talk about working remote versus working in the office, I prefer the office because you know you really have that energy around you and you draw from everybody. It's just an electric atmosphere. But we also talk about these managers you know, having the time to develop their own style and system for their team 
and for the organization overall and you know not being a one trick pony not being a sandler guy or a challenger guy or you know being somebody who is so pigeonholed into their own narrow mindedness that they would come and bring new ideas and innovate and motivate and stimulate each and every day and each and every week it's tough sometimes as i mentioned to serve two masters well it, along the lines of the two masters one of the one of the big problems i've seen people run into with this one is um, if you have a player player coach and we'll use that term just use the term not not as a definition but because it's a good term for the moment the the, the player coach is going to have typically quota assignment and each of the reps are going to have quota assignment but the player coach by definition is is quasi or somewhat responsible for the individual reps quota so have have the has sales management or, or executive management have they figured out and have they thought through which is more important so in other words if if, if all of the players make their quota and it's it's obvious let's say as an, just as an example that the, the improvement in the players, uh, improvement of the sales reps was because the player coach assisted them, but the player coach doesn't make their quota. Okay. How is that treated versus, let's say, the, the player coach, who's now a coach, has the ability to remove accounts from players to make their own quota. Okay. Right. So, so has, and, and, and again, I'm not saying one is right, one is wrong, but, but has senior management actually thought that through and, and determined how to how to guide that and determine how to grade it, which is more important, and when is it more important? And, and I would I would counter most of them don't. Yeah, it's all to me. It's uh, this is all misdirection. And what I mean by that is, if you really think about it, you have either a true sales manager with these people underneath of them, or you have a VP. And this is a very easy way to just pass the buck onto them when the goals aren't hit. Well, it's they they're the player coach. They're the manager of that team, and they're failing. Well, no, I'm not failing now. They are failing. So instead of me being a manager of this entire department and each individual seller, well, I farmed that off to you and I entrust you with that. Now you are beholding to me, accountable to me. And it's much easier that way to, like I mentioned, just pass the buck because essentially who's coaching the coach? This person is now a coach of these people and this person is tasked with closing themselves. That's just how I've seen it done. Now, is this par for the course across the board? Probably not, but I have seen it done this way. And it is very convenient. It's, it's, you're, you're playing both sides. It's, you know, you're valuable enough to promote you, but we're not fully promoting you. We're giving you a little bit more responsibility to keep you happy, but we're also keeping you in that role of still selling. So we don't have to go give that full commitment. And then, of course, it gives that higher level manager, that, the, the true manager, an easy way out. That's how I see it. Yeah, there's, there's also another problem in here that um – you know, I have seen, I've seen it multiple times. Um, and that's the whole issue of situations where you have support resources. So whether they're SDRs or whether they're technical leads or whether they're account managers, whatever the, whatever the case may be, um, whether they're proposal writers or RFP answers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and you have these resources and you have the, again, quote unquote, player coach who has their own quota. They have the ability because they have the, the, um, the coach title, they have the ability to uh, commandeer resources away from the individual sales reps that they wouldn't really have as a, as a traditional manager because as a manager, they care about their own people making their number. But here they can take those resources to make sure that they make their own quota because they're getting comped on it. And it's a, there's actually a bigger problem, I think, than a lot of people realize because a good sales rep, like it or not, a good sales rep 
will go and commandeer as many resources as they possibly can to help them make their number. And you actually want that kind of behavior. Managers are supposed to make sure that that's mitigated without getting upset at the, the sales rep that is doing that. But a good sales rep will take as many resources as they can get their hands on to help them make a bigger number as, as they can. You want that kind of an attitude. But now with the player coach, if they're doing it, it really hurts the, the chances of the sales rep. So again, something to think about. No, it's, it's absolutely correct. You, you are going to look out for yourself first and foremost because your goal is there and your reputation is on the line. So a normal manager would source leads and, and dole them out to their team to make their team more successful. And now, obviously, you're going to take the prime pickings for yourself so you can hit your number first. Then you'll focus on the team after you've already ch checked that box. Now, right. here's the other side of the coin. You know, it's, we talked about time management and resources and focusing on one versus the other. What happens if that player coach doesn't hit their number? Do you think the team would respect them as much? Do you think the team would trust them as much and follow their directives as much if that person is not hitting their numbers, underperforming as an actual contributor? The, the answer, again, is going to be situational. If, if the team understands what that player coach is doing, if the team believes that that player coach is actually assisting them to make their numbers. So in other words, if this is a, a servant leader scenario where the leader wants to make sure that, that their team members are served before they are served themselves, then I think they, they will retain the respect. But if, again, as I said before, if this is a manager versus leader kind of scenario where the player coach just wants to act like a manager, just like act like an ivory tower, tell everybody what to do, uh, and then doesn't make their number, then no, I don't think they will have any respect. And I think, I think that the whole thing will degrade. Yeah, the question is, you know, would you take advice from an underperformer, right? Would you take somebody seriously or would you implement strategies given to you by an underperformer? To me, the, the answer would be no. But again, I think it's situational, Brian. I think it, it really depends on, on what advice they're trying to give you if they're, if they're giving it to you in a way that makes sense. I, there, there's so, there are too many variables, but there's I understand the point. Yeah, no, there's variables. But to me, again, if that person's put in that position because they're a top performer, quote unquote, or they're the elite, or you know, we should listen to this person, and they are underperforming. I've seen this for myself. And again, this is not everyone, but I have seen where people, teams have shifted towards the top performer versus that underperforming manager because, well, it's for two reasons. One is they want to hear from the top performer, but two is that manager now is focused more on making their number than coaching they, out of necessity because they're underperforming. Now they have to focus most of their time into making their number versus coaching that team because obviously, you know, you know what happens if you don't hit your quota consistently. There, there's a real problem there. So it's just a natural process when somebody's underperforming in that role. So I think really to, to kind of pull this back into center, where this really goes is, is folks should don't don't get caught up on titles. Don't get caught up on on worrying about should I use a player coach? Should I use an assistant manager? Don't do that. Figure out what you're trying to accomplish. Figure out if you can get or if you have the right people to accomplish that. Look, be honest. If if what you're trying to do is you're trying to t say to a sales rep, I'm not sure if you can be a manager, so I'm going to test you. Tell them. Be honest about it. All right. And, and, and set the proper guidelines, set the, set the proper goals for that person to hit or not hit, allow them to be part of the process, but get honest and get real about what you're trying to accomplish. Don't worry so much about the title. Yeah. And in a way, I think what they're trying to do, John, is um, 
show everybody in the organization that there's room for upward mobility, that there's career advancement paths here. You know, we're taking somebody who is, you know, a top performer at the time and giving them more responsibility, but you don't want to hinder that person. You want to set that person up for success. You want to honor that person and make sure that, again, you're right, with full transparency, here's what we expect, here's why we're doing it. And we want to set you up and give you the tools to succeed. And that that's paramount. You know, it's paramount as far as that person staying in the organization, as far as the team, because you don't want the team to disintegrate because of that move when you set that person up for failure. And even though you're not, you don't know you're doing that, it affects everyone, you know, it affects the chain. Every link in the chain is very important. And it's, it's, it's a pivotal move. And it's, it's one for, uh, for further conversation, John. I think this is an excellent topic. And I think you're right. It depends on the organization of why they're doing it. Because there are many different reasons that we have seen organizations do. And some of it's just the fact that it's so trendy and that everybody else is doing right. it. Hell, I'll do it, even though they don't even know why they're doing it. Right. Yeah. You know, it, 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 it goes back to what we've been saying all along. It's all about alignment. It's all about understanding. It's all about communication. It's all about transparency. Get that part done first before you start worrying about titles. Figure out what you're trying to accomplish. We can help you with that because that is what we do. But yeah, it, it, measure twice, cut once. You remember that uh, slogan a long time ago, John? They used to have those commercials that say, got milk. You remember that? Sure. I'm gonna, we're going to come up with a t-shirt. It's going to say, get aligned. It's going to yeah, be great. I'm going to wear that. Everywhere I go, I'm going to wear that thing. Yeah, we, we have to do that. All right, Brian. I think we I think we got a, a good handle on this one. Hopefully, people can um, can stop worrying about titles and start figuring out what they're trying to accomplish. That's right. I'm going to go get myself aligned, and then we'll be back for another episode very soon. Thanks, Brian. Later. All right. All right. It was great spending time with you today. Maybe you liked what you heard. Maybe we sparked some controversy. Maybe we got you excited, but hopefully we got you thinking. Hey, we want to hear from you. If the topic resonated with you, if you have a comment, or if you have an issue you're serious about fixing, reach out to us today. Hey, Brian, how can they get in touch with us? Great question, John. Best ways email. Email us at results at onebrokencog.com. Together, we're going to help you make small adjustments that's going to lead to major impacts in your business and your revenue.